0: Hey everybody, we're talking to Kyle Bradley today, a good friend of mine and also was one of the people that was a part of the genesis of the one-on-one coaching system. Before we get started, I just want to give a big thank you to lots of people. Number one, if you've been listening to the last 10%, we just finished our last episode of the year. That means the last 10% has been broadcasting for one year. Actually, we're just starting into year two now. So thank you for supporting the show. If you've been a guest on The Last 10%, we just want to give you a big shout out and say thank you so much. We have just been more than blessed on the show. We've seen so many new listeners from all over the world. It was totally unexpected in one year that we would have listeners from all over the world. And just want to say thanks to all those that are supporting the Last 10%. So one big ask before we start the show. Since it's our one-year-old birthday, usually you bring birthday presents to the one-year-old birthday party, right? So this is our one-year birthday. If you've been listening to the last 10%, what we would ask is just bring us a birthday present. Just bring the last 10% of birthday present. What does that mean? That means if you're listening to the show right now, we would so appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the show. That's great. But listen, if you want to be that the best aunt or best uncle, the most favorite, go on your podcast platform of choice and leave a review that just helps other people understand what the show's all about, and it helps our rankings and just helps other people be able to find us. So if you want to give The Last 10% a birthday present for producing content for your listing enjoyment for a whole year, please go on and just leave a review or just like us and subscribe. Thanks again, and back to the show.
1: Welcome to The Last 10%. Your host, Dallas Burnett dives into incredible conversations that will inspire you to finish well and finish strong. Listen as guests share their journeys and valuable advice on living in the last 10%. If you are a leader, a coach, a business owner, or someone looking to level up, you are in the right place. Remember, you can give 90% effort and make it a long way, but it's finding out how to unlock the last 10% that makes all the difference in your life, your relationships, and your work. Now, here's Dallas. Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome to The Last 10%. I am Dallas Burnett in Thrive Studios, sitting beside my 1905 Coach Brothers barber chair, because today is a special day, the first episode of our second year. I actually have a guest in studio. His name is The Great kyle bradley very excited to have you on the show thanks for being here kyle hey an honor to be here
2: and i will say i had to wait till you're one year old before i come here (laughs) i need to make sure you were legit (laughs) i am staring at the 1905 kug brothers chair does exist I'm not an expert, but it looks like it could be a hundred plus years old. <laughs> but I'm sitting in like probably a 21 mile yes, leather load chair. And it's much nicer, very comfortable.
0: Yes, good. I'm very glad to have you in the studio. Glad we grew up a little bit and was able to take it to the next level. So thanks for being here. I have been looking forward to doing this show for a while because it's been something we've talked about. We we go way back. We've got history and we've worked together in the past and and just had a lot of fun together. But one of the things I've really been excited about is unpacking the story because at Think, Move Thrive and even the last 10%, we talk about these one-on-ones in the one-on-one coaching system, one-on-one app. And a lot of people don't know what that is. And a lot of people, maybe they hear it on the show, but they don't really, they don't know how they use it or how people do use it. And you have a cool story related to that because you're at the genesis of the whole thing, of the one-on-one coaching system. And it's really a neat story. So Today's episode is really special to me because we get to go and kind of unpack some of these things we hadn't talked about in a long time. And so let's talk about, first off, let's talk about you. Let's turn this back around. Let's talk about you. Tell us, tell the listeners like your story, like where have you been and, and how did you get
2: to where you are? Wow. So the year was 1982. (laughs) That's when it all began. No, just really going back, because I believe where you came from kind of shapes who you are and the way you think. Going back, I'm the most average Joe guy that will be on this podcast, so (laughs) I've never climbed a mountain. I've never done (laughs) anything. Nothing special on me, but we're able to do special things by our relationships that we have. For me, very normal life growing up. So I'll talk about sports, because I think what we're going to talk about today has a lot to do with sports. So Mm. I played baseball from very early on. Was pretty good at baseball. I wasn't the guy picking kicking sand or picking four leaf clovers. You know, yeah. I was actually out there engaged. Did that from early on, T ball up through until we got to high school. And then around twelve years old started playing basketball. So now I love playing basketball. The mm-hmm. only problem is I'm terrible at playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I have kids that play basketball. Yes. And I'm able to be involved with that. So very anyway, good basketball player. I yes. mean very good. he is he works hard at it, so yes. I'm very proud of that. But I would say I had a familiarity on being on a team, being a part of a team. Rushed through that, kind of quit playing sports in high school. Just didn't have an interest in it at the high school level, but began racing cars. Oh, wow. So bigger teams to a smaller team. Mm. (laughs) But working on cars with my dad, helping a family friend with his, and really fun times. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. And it was really fun up until the point my dad was like, all right, you got a job now, you can pay for it. And it was not fun. <laughs> so that was the end of that career. And then I kind of got a real job, I guess I would say, and became another part of another team.
0: Now, you, you've you got an interesting thing because about your job. Because ultimately, when you kind of jumped into what you call the real world, what's interesting is there's so many people now that, you know, they say back when I was in my 20s, they were saying that the average person would change careers like seven times. And... You have an interesting story because you've been very consistent in your career. You've developed kind of from the
2: start. So what's, how's that been? Yeah, I'm working on year 23, Mm. which is shocking. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but a kind of industry that's apprentice style learning from the bottom. I knew nothing of it coming in. Only had a friend that worked here. That was my connection to it. Just there was a path out before us of learning, being technically sound, being good enough in that field. Then you began to develop relationships with clients. And you begin to, they recognize you and they ask you to do their work, which adds value. You do that for a time, you gain certifications and you become recognized as a technical expert. And then you get to be so good at that. And they're like, hey, you should do this many times over. Manage multiple things at one time. Became a project manager at that point, managing multiple projects. Had the opportunity to become an operations manager, kind of running your own small business. And then now able to work with operations manager as a regional director. So twenty twenty two 22 plus years. And it's been a fun ride though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I just think it's cool because you've developed so much and it's not like you've stagnated. You've kind of found the path along the way and had opportunities open up and you just capitalized on the opportunities through your career. And I don't know about Average O because you're an engineer. Yeah. You have been an operations manager, run a whole branch. Now you're running multiple, you're regional director over multiple engines all over the southeast. I don't know anything average about that. But 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 I would like to so I would like to pause. So when we get together, when we first met, I was coming into the organization and we were making some cool changes and doing some fun projects and different things related to IT and all these other things. But one of the things me and you did was <laughs> we just had a lot of Monday morning conversations Mm -hmm. and they were not necessarily directed. They were more kind of free flowing, but they, we always came away.
2: I don't know. I felt like we always came away with something. Like we just kind of, we, we started with no intentions for sure. (laughs) The intention was to have a 10 minute conversation. And sometimes we sat there for three to four hours (laughs) at that little round table, but they would lead to great things. Yeah. 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 And so
0: I remember, I remember it was cool because when you talk about playing sports, and I know that it's an important part of your story, but it was cool because when we were first starting all this with the one-on-one coaching system, and I was kind of mulling it over because I felt like you were developing, and there was a couple other people developing in the company, and we were I was really burdened with how to push out this development through the company because, you know, I can't, no one, we couldn't afford to hire Uh, executive coach for every single employee in the whole company just couldn't can't do that but I wanted to push the idea of coaching down because we were seeing such just a lot of different good things happen and so I remember you coming in and we had this conversation one day I remember you're standing door and I said something about moving you into this leadership type position and role and stuff and you were like look I'm a performer I just remember you say that I'm a performer I'm not a coach. And that was interesting. That was like a, it's like in a movie where you have like <laughs> <I> <laughs> dramatic foreshadowing. I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was cool though. is was right after that, you got involved with like a basketball, well, right?
2: So I think that you are who you are at home and at work, but in, at that time, work and home were paralleling each other. Mm. So I can't believe it, but I'm going to have a high school senior next year, which is shocking. But, you know, when he was four or five years old, whenever you can first start playing basketball, because everyone had seen me playing basketball at the church and that, uh, oh, clearly you were going to be the coach because your son's going to be playing. And that just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then I've told someone, ha, ha, no way. I'm a player. I am not a coach. <laughs> because at the time, I'm still in my you know mid to late 20s and like I was still a player. Absolutely. And I saw, and by the
0: way, a very good one, by the way, you were crushing it. And at that point in time, when I knew you were project manager, first you were project manager, crushing it, one of the most successful project managers in the company. So you were rocking it out for sure.
2: Yeah. So I saw myself as a player of meaning in sports and I saw myself as a player at work. Mm. So the idea of like, hey, man, I kind of want you to be a coach. Like, all right, I'm being asked at home life to be a coach. Mm. Now I got somebody at work saying, hey, how about being a coach? And it was hard for me at the time, which is ridiculous now looking back on it, right? (laughs) Of course I was a coach. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's you have to mentally shift the way you look at things from if you're a player or you're a coach. Mm.
0: I think that's interesting too because when we had our early conversations like you had in this practice like these like little kids, it was like they were little. I mean it was like 8 years or 10 years old and they had asked you to, to be the coach and you had said, "Okay, I'm going to coach." And so you took on this team and I just remember you you went into the practices and first it was just kind of figuring out things. But then you came back, and it was after the first, I don't know if it was after the first second practice or maybe after first game, but you came back in, you said, you're not going to believe this. You said, I, I am seeing the same problems with these 10-year-olds and communicating with them <laughs> as I am with some of the people that I'm working with. It's the same thing. It's just like this with kids and this with adults, but the same issues, the same communication things are there. Yeah. thought that was cool.
2: Well, and I've learned since all that, it's like, it doesn't matter what industry you're working in. The way you talk to people and treat people and motivate people, it's the same. It doesn't matter what you do. I think I told you really at the first, after the first practice, I think we rounded up and I was like, we're not going to win a game. That's right. I was. You did say that. I was just looking to get through the first practice. You sure did. You said, this team's so bad. There's no uh, way we're winning a game. We are going to, man, it's going to be a tough year. It's a tough year. Yeah. And then- I think we won a game. <laughs> you did. You did. And we got some more structured practices. So, like, what we leaned into is there is, like, and it's hard. Like, when you don't have any belief, mm. it's tough to – you think you're not going to win. Yeah. But you then,
0: weren't the only one on the team that came away from that first practice going, we are not going to win a game is what you're saying.
2: There's probably a lot of the players like – Why would ooh. they believe it's a first-year head coach? Like, yeah. Why would anybody first year believe head in goes,
0: a Nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, sure.
2: But when you win – Oh, now we now our belief goes up a little bit, and we believe more and believe more. And I think we actually won a playoff game that year. Matter of fact, I remember sending you a picture of the score of that game, <laughs> of a team that beat us like three weeks prior. That's exactly right. I almost tell you the score yeah, of that game. Exactly right. That's awesome. That's
0: so cool. I think that's a good point, too, because so often in when we're taking on a leadership role, especially if it's a new one, if you're getting promoted over a team, And especially if you're coming into a team that's had a toxic situation, I think it's very easy to want that team to immediately become this new thing because you're over this new. Even if you have a good attitude and you're a good leader coach, you have this desire for them. Everything's going to immediately change because I'm going to lead this differently. And what you just described is great because you're saying, look, it took us, we had to get a small win before we could get a big win. And then we put that small win up, and we that increased our belief. It increased our belief in ourselves, our abilities, what we could achieve. And then that that change in belief helped us get another win. And then that helped it. And so it really is, it's a cycle. It's a building. It's a process, you know. And I think that's I think that's so true. If you're taking on a leadership role in a company, you have to start where they are. And it's not like they just flip a switch. It's Mm -hmm. a process of belief building. So that's good.
2: Agree with that. And just saying. No, this was years later, but a few years ago, the team goes undefeated and we win the big trophy. So that's a movie, man. It's like that's totally a movie,
0: like because like uh, it's the same team. You coach these guys from the time they were little, and it's the same, and they're we growing just keep up with moving you.
2: Moving up divisions, we keep moving up together. Yeah, we've been together for several years. So.
0: That's so amazing. And then ultimately, that flows into your son's actually playing for high school and doing all that. So that's really, mm-hmm. really cool. That kind of transitioned into his playing for more yep. organized ball. Team. All right, so now. We've transitioned, you came into this company, you've been asked to be a coach, you've been coaching this team at Rec League Basketball, how did that parallel at work, like what did you start seeing that in that
2: environment? So I had a misconception on communication, hmm. there, there's a missing component there, I think most people would say, we're going to communicate if I, I speak and you listen, we've communicated. <laughs> But there's a third component, which is understanding. Yeah. So that's usually the missing component. So, you know, being able to try things on these young kids and playing basketball, trying to teach them basketball, at the end of the day, they get to go home to their parents. So I couldn't do too much wrong to them. But some of the things we were doing that we would try to bring to work. And because ultimately we're trying to say, hey, here's a goal out here. And every teammate has a role in there. But we collectively got to play together to get to the goal. So just trying to take some of that stuff from church basketball to work every day. So we
0: so when we were talking, we had the conversation you're like, "I'm a performer." Then you go and start coaching. You come back, you have this kind of epiphany and you're like, "I am a coach. I'm actually coaching." And it I feel like that developed over the course of like even deeper over the course of like 2 or 3 years oh. as you're coaching this team. And then I think you started applying those principles to your team at work as well. And one of the things I love how you talk about communication is because that it's not like it was a one and done thing or like you're just delivering information and walking away. It became more nuanced. And the messages that you were sharing were more nuanced. How you were sharing, you took more interest in what you were sharing with people, that they understood the values of the company, understood what you're trying to achieve on the jobs. All those things, I think, really developed. About that time, though, I'm having these thoughts. Of- about this coaching system idea, and I'm like, I think we can build this coaching system that can be integrated into the company to really be a tool for everybody. And then, and then you're going through this coaching process, and then we have one of these Monday morning conversations.
2: I'm, I'll never forget this one. <laughs> All right, tell us what happened. Well, you can tell the details because you, you were thinking of this and mulling this over outside of my knowledge. Yeah. But on a Monday morning conversation, you had mentioned like maybe that morning or over the weekend something just, you took. One of your daughters to breakfast. Yes. And I said, oh, you, a little one-on-one, huh? And you were like, very interesting you would say that. (laughs) Then you pull the curtain back on on -on one-on-ones to me. And that was, I don't know how long ago that was. That was a long time ago. That was several years ago.
0: Yeah, several years ago. So I take my daughters one-on-one on morning dates occasionally just to spend some time with each one of them. I have three. It was after one of those times. And you said that, and I had been working out the details, kind of secretly planning this, this idea but I hadn't shared it with anybody, and we just took some time that morning. I just whiteboarded, and we just had a really good whiteboarding session after that, and we laid it out, and I was kind of telling you what I was thinking, and this was, it hadn't been written down. It was just like very fluid at that point, but got it out on the board. I was like, what do you think? You were very like,
2: all right, yeah, let's try it. Part of that is, this isn't weak two of me and you knowing each other. Yeah. This is years <laughs> yes. into it. I'm more of a person now that will be open to change and doing something differently. 100. I trust you enough to be like, hey, you think it's got enough? Let's try it. Let's try and I know it. Kind of what I was thinking.
0: Yeah. No, that was really great. And your I think your confidence kind of kind of increased my willingness to go out on a limb because it was it was a different concept for the company. Mm. It was just a very different way than they had been operating in the past. And so I was unsure if it would be adopted or accepted, or if it would be completely rejected and like it's not going to work. So we ended up moving forward. We created this coaching system on paper and I wanted to demo it. I don't know. It was really a lot longer than it is now. It's this poor streamlined now, but now. It was like several pages of like different questions and different things and they would have this other conversation. It was just all this stuff. Anyway. I'll interrupt you though. Yeah.
2: Before we even get to paper, me and you sit in a conference room with a guy. Oh, yeah. Just the idea of this oh, yeah. thing. So you laid it out to him. I was in the room. He, we would work together for quite a while too. So I was the trust component in that Yes, <laughs> that
0: circle. But uh, I remember I was walking to the like the little break room area to get a drink or something. I don't know what it was. And you're like, hey, come in here. I'm meeting with these two guys, these project managers. Come in here and show them what a one-on-one is. Show, show them what, this is what's coming. Because we knew it was coming out. You and I had talked about it. We kind of got the schedule when we are going to roll this thing out. We were going to demo it. But this was like pre-demo. And so you were like, come in and show them. Give so I him. came in and I just sat down and just gave just questions of the one-on-one that we knew were going to be in the first couple.
2: So this one gentleman, he I think he had remarked that like, hey, I'd actually kind of listen to a podcast on something about this. And based on me listening to that and what you're telling me, he's like, and we didn't ask him to commit to anything. Huh? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's just that's said, this is the idea of what we want to do. What do you think about this? And he's like, I've been listening to this going on. Y'all talking to me about this right now. Man, you know what? Man, I've been smoking, and like it's taking it takes so much money for me to smoke, and it's bad for my health. And I got these young girls. Hey, man, I'm quitting smoking like now. <laughs> I remember. Okay, that was like we did. I'll never forget this because it was so funny. Your reaction
0: to this was incredible. It was like we had that on Thursday afternoon. We sat down. I do the one on one, and I just remember. I remember talking to us. There was two guys in the room, and you, and in a conference room, and you had been meeting with them about something else. There's project managers. You've been meeting with them. At this point in time, you're an ops manager. And so you're meeting with these two guys and I do the one-on-one and then I get, I don't even feel like I get any, like they're just stone cold. Like just, I look at them. Hey, what do you guys think? Totally the different reaction than when I share it with you. They're just like, yeah, okay. And I, so I, I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then I'm out and I go get my drink, go back to the office. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if this is going to work. I just don't know. Cause this is hard. This is going to be so hard. And then. I just remember on the, that month, the following Monday morning, you come in the door and you're like, you are not going to believe what just happened. And I was like, what? And you're like, I just talked to this guy that was in that room. And he said he left the and started thinking about the questions on the way home and thought about this all weekend. It was smoking. And then he was thinking about his daughter and how much money he was spent on this. That I want to take his family vacation, all this stuff. And it was just like, quit smoking. And it was just like, and you were like, man, this is crazy. I just remember he said, we're getting in people's heads and turning riches, man. I just laughed. and We just thought that was the best. Super high. Yeah. Super high. That's,
2: that was the like informal, like that wasn't even follow the script, sit <laughs> yeah. down. This guy's quitting smoking, which that's amazing because I think yeah. that's, a, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm sure that's a bad habit, right? Yeah, a bad habit. So, And he's still, he's still clean. He's uh, still, to my knowledge. And, to my knowledge. He's still, and that was, that was years
0: ago. That many he, years ago. Many years ago that he's been, and he went cold turkey that weekend. Cold turkey. No Nick patch or nothing. he just woke up and was like, "I am no longer a smoker, and that was it. That was incredible, yeah, so I think that is one story I love sharing when we talk about the one on ones because it's so powerful, but it also speaks i want to always always clarify with people this is not this I'm not Tony Robbins, and this is not this is not magic in a in an app. you know he was in a position that he was it was like you said he had been listening to a podcast he was open to he whatever was open yeah. He was a powder keg looking for a match. And the questions that we asked him on that Thursday just was the match that just kind of that spark that just went boom and just was unbelievable change. And with coaching though, with other people we've met with and coached and I've had people I've met with and coached that you start on at the beginning, they are not a powder keg and it's a day at a time. And it's a, and it's a long period of time before you get a big change and it might be many little changes. So you just don't know what you're getting involved when you engage in a coaching relationship. You just don't know. Like you, so, I don't know if you're walking in on the powder keg or you're walking in on something that's going to be just a little bit here or there.
2: Talking about coaching, because that's what we're into now, right? So, mm-hmm. just how, what is your definition of a coach?
0: That's a great question. I think, and we talk about this a lot. And there's many definitions. Yeah. No, I'm not saying anybody else's definition is wrong. I believe that coaches, there's two main things that coaches do, two, two big things in terms of their perspective. And the way I define coaches are people who engage, in closing gaps and people who battle for belief and so let me let me unpack that for a second so I think a coach has a, a just a real ability or desire even if you don't even if you're not a visionary it's not saying you're a visionary it's just being able to look at a situation or a person and see where those gaps are and then engage with that person or that organization in how to close those gaps and and so whether it's personality conflict or self-awareness problem, or whether it's a skills gap, you just don't have the knowledge or the training or the expertise or experience. You just can identify those gaps and then you engage with that person and you don't necessarily fix it for them. They've got to do the work, but you engage with them in a way where you can help them close that gap. And I think one of the things that coaches do, and you spoke to it early on is, is that you're in a battle for belief, right? When you took over that little league basketball team It was like, hey, we got to begin to believe that we can win. And so you are, as a coach, as a leader coach, whether you're leading a small team or a large organization or yourself, you're constantly in a battle for the belief because the belief is something that shapes so much about who we are. It shapes our perspective. It shapes our emotions. It shapes, and all those things shape our actions. And so If I want you to behave differently, I like starting at the level of belief. If I can get you to believe something different, then I can get you to behave differently. And so I think coaches, if the great coaches engage at that
2: level, thought and belief level. And so,
0: yeah, that's how I would define it.
2: So I'll say, speaking of some of that that you just spoke, I've had the privilege and opportunity to be alongside of a high school coach coaching my son. I've been on the bench, been at the practices. Mm. So for me, it it became even, I've heard you say that before. Like I've heard that definition. And my definition would have been a coach is someone who takes you from where you are to where you want to go, which is a thing that they do. But you know, the component, like the coach, especially when you're trying to learn something new, they need self-awareness because those young guys out there, it's a young group of guys Mm. and they're playing guys who are three or four years older, older than them. If I'm 25 and you're 28, it's not a big deal. Right. But if I'm 15 and you're 18, it's a big
0: deal. It's a big deal.
2: But so we need them to do what the coaches ask them to do. And so if we had the self-awareness turned so far up, that those guys were self-aware and they knew exactly what we were doing. We wouldn't need a coach. We just need a teacher. Mm. We would just come teaching new stuff. Right. We'd be good. Yes. Because we wouldn't make mistakes because we would be where we need to be every time. It wouldn't be a problem. So like I've seen that come to life just from sitting on a bench.
0: I like that. That's really good. And I think that's, whether it's a sports whether it's high school sports or kids sports or whether it's organization it's being it's that identifying that those areas and as a coach we have to realize i think our own strengths and weaknesses because they're going to play into that so i may be really good at identifying organizational gaps so then that's great i may be really good at identifying process and or system gaps or strategy gaps or marketing gaps or sales gaps based on my experience, based on my history and or just on my capability. When it gets down to the personal level, I may be really good at identifying awareness gaps or maybe personal skill gaps, but there's going to be some things that I have to be aware of as well. As as a coach, you have to have that self-awareness because if, if I know that I'm really good in one area, but I'm not in another, then that's why coaches have assistant coaches. That's why they have specialists. That's why they bring in other people. Same in organizations like if I'm really good at one aspect of business or of coaching or of relating with individuals, it doesn't, I can improve other areas, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't need help. And so as a coach, I'm here to close gaps, but that doesn't mean I have to be all things to all people. So as a coach, that's well, one of the cool as things. as a coach, you have some gaps too. Yeah, <laughs> We all have and gaps. Gaps, right. So I need a coach just as, as much as anybody else Sure. Does. All right. So let's talk about the one-on-one system. So we've, now we've kind of gone through the beginning of kind of the genesis of the thought and we've rolled it out. We've began to roll it out in the company and we've gone through, we demoed it for like three or four months. And then we decided this is definitely something we want to do. The scores were really good compared to what we were doing with performance reviews. So we said, okay, we're going to roll this thing out company wide and we start rolling it out. I think there was like a third of the people that were like, yes, we are ready. I think a third of the people were like, take it or leave it. I don't know. It's just some other program, whatever. And then I think a third of people were like, no way. Not going to happen. Don't want to do this. And was really pushing back. Tell me some of, uh, like, I, I think of your, when you've been doing the one-on-one, you've actually, funny enough, I think you've actually been doing the one-on-one longer than anybody. There's Because you were part of the demo. So you mm-hmm. were literally a part of the first demo of the one-on-one. So there's nobody that's been doing one-on-ones longer than you. I'm a technical expert. What- you are definitely a technical expert. <laughs> So tell me some of the things, like, you have, you've kind of used it for different things. Tell sure. me
2: some of the ways that you've used the one-on-one coaching system. So much like you talked about earlier, we talked about the one conversation that was, like, mind-blowing. But you also spoke of, hey, let's just do this thing. Let's consistently, routinely do this thing together. And so I was able to, mm-hmm. over a course of many months, work with a guy to, to eventually be able to take my position as operations manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that started out was, Hey man, are they making you do this? Or like, are you wanting to do, why are you, what's going on? Cause are you wanting to do this? I'm like, yeah. And here's
0: why. So, so he was saying, yeah. he was like, are, are you sh- unsure? Like yeah. he's saying, are you wanting to do these one-on-ones or is this something they're making you do? Cause he's testing you to say, yeah. do you believe this? Yes. Cause I don't know.
2: I'm not sure. Yeah. I had had enough experience in it that I was able to say, why we would do this? Why would we want to do this? Those commitments early on were. They were personal type commitments, which are fine yeah. because my goal in a one on is to help you move. I don't care if it's professionally or if it's at home because at the end of the day, I got you. I got the whole you. Mm. If I got a good you at home, I'm going to have a good you at work. Mm. If I got a stressed you at home, you're coming to work stressed Yeah. and you're making me stressed now. Yeah. <laughs> but over time, that conversation went from, do you believe in it? Basically is what he's asking, like you said, to then he started looking more towards the future of like, okay, now I see what's coming there's always two ways. There's, it's always about the approach on when you want to do something. He had identified something that is, I would like this to change inside of our, in our small company. I could just go tell them directly, like, "Hey, make sure your stuff is up to par," because right? It's substandard right now. Or I could give them a means to make sure their stuff is up to standard and explain to them how important it is to me for it to be up to standard. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that he, so he had an idea, mm-hmm. like, so he had an
0: idea for this new. So let's drop back. Before that, y'all had an interesting conversation. That is true. I skipped
2: past this. I yeah, and sh- I blew my mind.
0: No, yeah. So let's. Ju- so tell us, like, so you're meeting with this guy, and he is kind of being. You're kind of. You've made it known to him that he's kind of on this path that will end up potentially in taking over this role. This role mm-hmm. of operations manager. So in the meantime, though, you're having these one-on-ones every month, and then one one-on-one comes up, and it's like.
2: Yeah, I would say, so the first one was, do you believe? And then we had a few more just routine conversations in like four or five, six, somewhere in there, six months we're doing yeah. this. And it' like, hey, man, what's the most important thing that we can talk about today? And he goes, I'd like to talk about our relationship. <laughs> now,
0: this, two guys sitting in a room. This is, not, this is not like, I can't paint the picture of
2: how not this unexpected this would be. I you never know what might, when you ask that question, you don't know what might sure. be said. I didn't think we were going to talk about our relationship <laughs>
0: that day. But just for Because
2: to be clear, we had never done that before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just not something that you expect to hear to two guys that's just coming to work. They're just doing their job. I was job. like, hey man,
2: should we hold hands or something? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he says that and you're like, oh, okay. We're going to What do about? This. Let's go. Yeah. And so what happened?
2: There was something that was on his mind that was bothering him that he felt like maybe what I said wasn't, I wasn't f- fulfilling what I had said, maybe. Yeah. Like and man, when he said what was on his mind, it was so trivial and it didn't have, I started laughing. I'm like, oh, let me explain to you why that happened. So there was something that had happened that he, people like you've told me is people filling the blank with negative. And he had negative thoughts in his head about his path and his journey. So we took a time out we corrected his issue and like just like that we're good man it was just like that yep. at the table
0: he you could already feel the tension just is like cuz you addressed the issue and it was his lack of he just he didn't have all the information yep and then he filled in the gap of the negative and then in in hearing that you right there in the one on one are able to just immediately address that lack of information and say oh let me let me open it up to you and so you can see the whole thing when you did that he's like Oh, I see. And then it's easy. And it's
2: just like. We went from, are you sure? Yep. To now let's talk about the way we interact with each other. The other story we told was working on corrective action for a team. So
0: he's saying now, after that, he comes back and he's saying, I need to get the team to move in this new direction. It was
2: a realization like, hey, this might be my responsibility. So I want to start working on that now. So
0: he's automatically taking ownership. Mm -hmm. He's starting to do that by saying, I want to be a positive impact on the team. And I'm seeing some issues that bother me. Yep. And obviously I want to make them better. How do I do that? And y'all are having these conversations inside of the one-on-one. Sure. Because that was the most important thing we could talk about. That That is the most important thing you could talk about. Yeah in case you haven't gone through the one-on-one, one of the questions is what's much more than we can talk about. And it is a loaded question and it comes up every month. And so that is one of those questions that you just never know. You never know where that's going and you never know what's going to come back. It could be something personal, professional. And like you said, one, one week it's, are you sure that this is what you want to do? The next week it's, I want to talk about our relationship. And then the next week is I've got this idea, right? He came up, he ultimately came up with an idea to solve that team's problem. That was, Duplicated throughout the entire organization, right?
2: Oh, the organization loved it when that was revealed to them. Like, wow, wow! How did you do that? I would like that.
0: Wow! So it was really well received, and it's almost like he had to go through that process because that idea he had been sitting on for a while. He may have, he may or may not have shared it. He may have shared it later. He may have shared it because he was kind of frustrated. He may have never shared. It. He may have never shared it. So I think that's really cool. That's a great story. Yeah, that's a really good story. So I think that. Also, one-on-ones, you've been using them different with different people. So that is one example. You have you were kind of using a one-on-one. And I think that's what we would like to convey always to our any clients that we have, is that a one-on-one coaching system is a tool and a platform. So it's a communication tool that helps people grow and build trust with their team members and their employees. At the same time, getting to know those team members and employees But also holding those team members and employees accountable to commitments that they make that they want to keep. And then, as a coach, your job and role is that, like we said, looking and finding those gaps. So you're encouraging that. And so while we don't judge if somebody's made a personal commitment to lose five pounds, they lost three. I'm celebrating the fact that hey, you're three pounds lighter this month than you were last month.
2: But hey, where did because our goal in that was some movement, and we got some movement. We didn't hit the goal. We didn't hit the target we have movement towards it. So that's a win.
0: It's a win. It's a win. But as a coach, I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to lean in just a little bit more to the person and not judge them. But I'm going to say, so let's talk about how, where did the process break down to, that we didn't make it to five? And now I'm focusing on the process. I'm not focusing on the person. Mm-hmm. I'm not making it personal and saying, you're a failure because you didn't get five pounds. I'm saying, what is it about the process did you have too many cheat days on the diet is that what broke down okay all right at least we know mm-hmm. do we want to try this again and go for five again or do we want to have a different commitment this month so i'll i typically i'll let people to, to go on and if i'm doing a one-on-one i'll give them that like if they're going to make that commitment on the beginning i'll be like okay you can make that for the first few times then i'm going to start pushing on a little bit I'm like, eh. or if i have a point like i have somewhere i'm wanting to take them then it's going to be like you said, we're going to start guiding that conversation.
2: I would say that in my experience in doing it, the first ones are going to be kind of like things like that. Mm. Like mine was like, mine to you was, I'm just going to drink water for 30 days. I thought that was super <laughs> simple.
1: That's right.
2: Go ahead and get up and have breakfast and drink some water. See
1: like,
2: <laughs> The 30th day, I think we had to go have some Dr. <laughs> Pepper. <buddy. laughs> okay. So those are easy and you Like, so the hardest part, like people just don't, don't instantly open up to you, right? That's right. So they don't want to be vulnerable in that way. So they think this is easy and it's low hanging fruit and that's okay. So, you know, for the first time, what I've noticed, so over time, they'll tend to turn and they'll focus on the things that they really, what matters to them. Yes. If they won't tell you that straight up, this is really important to me. You'll start looking at their pattern and you'll start honing in on what's important to them. You'll see what's important to them. I think too,
0: it's a very, it's almost like a trust barometer. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm giving a one-on-one to somebody, then I should expect, unless I've got deep trust with them, we've worked together for a long time and we have a really good relationship, I would expect them to be more like, I'm just going to give you a light answer because I I haven't laid the foundation of trust. But after you go through this and you spend six months listening to people reflect on things on their mind that they haven't maybe thought about a lot or you listen and care about what's most important to them, and then you move and help them move and help them close gaps, you cannot help but build trust. And when you start building that trust, then all of a sudden those answers become more uh, more vulnerable and more real. And I think that's what people appreciate, is that when you get to that level of authenticity, you can have those real conversations and really make progress. Like whether it's work or home, we talk about in one-on-ones that we're not there to solve people's problems. We had, I remember one of the, in in another place, we had a, a coach that had a team member that approached them and said they were struggling with their marriage on that mm. question. That's not a work question per se, but if you think that person is not bringing that stress from their home life to work, you're just You're not, I don't know what planet you're living on, but you're unaware. You're unaware. Yeah, exactly. Or you just, if everybody else knows it and you don't, it's called a blind spot. Yeah. And that's a blind spot that, and I would say that's right. So that sound means it's time to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. If you lead an organization or team, one of the biggest challenges you face is developing your people. ThinkMoveThrive is here to help you on your journey. We've developed a coaching system that integrates into your team or organization to consistently develop your employees, build trust, gain valuable feedback, and increase accountability. Leadership retreats and summits are great. We even build those custom for our clients, but they're only part of the solution because they lack consistency. Our one-on-one coaching app is the missing piece in your employee development program. We help new leaders get to know their teams. We help technical managers be more relational. And we help ensure that your relational rock stars stay organized. We developed the system for a client. And it was so successful. We created the app to help more organizations develop their people, build trust, engagement, and you guessed it, performance. For more information, go to thinkmovethrive.com to learn more about the one-on-one coaching system and start developing your team today. Back to the show. What that coach did that was fantastic was, and we coach on this when we are doing implementation of the one-on-ones and training coaches on how to do it because it's a very easy system, but there's a few things like this that we like to go over. And that is that he directed the person in the one-on-one to go get help and said, would you hear, let's look up a number, somebody you could call, and that particular Organization, I think had a chaplain program or an employee assistance program or something like that to where they, he said, let's get the number, got the number. Would you commit to calling this and talking to somebody about it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really great because he contacted me after. I just, I don't think I did really well with this because I'm not a counselor. And this, that was one of those you weren't expecting The coach. Yeah. He was like, Oh my gosh, did not know. But I was like, you did great. What'd you do? I just listened. Mm -hmm. It was great. And he said, I made the commitment where he would call and get help. So that's perfect. You're not his counselor. But you're helping him close his gaps. And and you're more aware. So as a leader, you're more aware. And if he comes in on Monday morning and he's had a rough weekend at home, then you can be sensitive to that and maybe not put him in a really stressful environment on Monday morning. Just because mm-hmm. you don't know, then he's just getting on the schedule and it's where the chips fall. So I think it's really good for being proactive. And I know I've talked about personal examples like weight and working out and now relationship issues and marital issues. But you've used it as well for work and making commitments for that and in helping a guy get increase their position or even
2: coaching skills, right? So what I've found after doing it for quite a while now is what makes it easy or helping people. So people are going to struggle with making a commitment. It's going to be a struggle for them. Mm-hmm. Because why do I believe it is? Because it's like, man, he's going to ask me about it. So I, there is some accountability there. Mm-hmm. Don't want to let this person down. So I yep. feel some stress on that but I don't want to push it so far. Like I don't want to stretch myself out too far. So I've had many ones I do over and over where that we do like really simple to get goals. Okay, That's fine for a while, but then we want to stretch some more. But yeah, I would say what, oh, what's helpful in that is it's helpful to have a really big goal that's mm. way out there. Yeah. And then we can use month after month to work on a piece of it, a piece of it, a piece of it. And over time, you'll be shocked kind of like when I am, when I look back on what the, my my journey is like. Wow, we've came a long way, but yeah. it didn't feel like a big journey to get there. Yeah,
0: just let, it's just little steps. I think that's a great point. I think that's one of the things that we really focus on when we are training on the one on one is that we're not looking for we call it one percent advantage. We are not looking for we're not looking for these huge, massive increases. And I think sometimes, and and performance reviews. Maybe we'll do a podcast on performance reviews. Sometimes I have a lot to say about performance reviews. Not much oh, right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> about the politicking yeah, the positioning dude, yeah, of so bad. how to get to the
0: right number we don't have we don't even have enough time today to get in all that mess i don't want to have that conversation oh my with you. gosh yeah that's uh, why we're here today yeah that's right exactly however i feel like one of the things in performance reviews that people get caught up on is this massive corrective action like i've got to do this to get a raise or you've been doing this bad and we haven't really said anything sometimes it works out it's like they don't even say anything about it because it's not bad enough but then all of a sudden you're going to get this, but you're not really doing this up to the par. When sometimes. I really
2: consider your performance, it's quite terrible, yeah. but I haven't thought about it until this <laughs> these 12 months have passed. It hasn't
0: been bad enough for me to fire you, yes. so I've just let you get away with it for the last 12 months. Now I'm going to tell you about it and really smash your hopes and dreams right here on the performance show. And then I'm going to send you out and you're supposed to be able to correct this. Yes. And I'm not Good going to luck. really give you any resources because I haven't told you about it in a year anyway yeah I mean there's just a lot there I love that about the one-on-ones though because it gives us a tool whether you do performance reviews or not it gives you a tool that you can go after this small incremental change so you can get that one percent advantage and I'm making a commitment that's gonna get one percent but I had somebody on one of their one-on-ones and said look I'm really okay with Microsoft Teams but I don't really know it really well I'd like to watch three YouTube videos on Microsoft Teams now That may sound like ridiculous. Like who makes that commitment? I loved it. I thought that was fantastic because this person was slow on Microsoft Teams and couldn't use it to its full capability. And that's one of the things that we use a lot in platform. And so it's like, hey, if you do that, then all of a sudden, if I say, if I take those, if it's just 10 minutes this month, but that 10 minutes returns investment on every time you get on Microsoft Teams, it saves you 10 minutes. Then over the course of a year, if we get on team every single day, and for some form or fashion, I've just saved days.
2: That person is gaining time, but also yeah. all your teammates are doing it too. <laughs> yes. So yes. a small corrective action can lead to a huge result.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. What's some of the most, and as you think about the one-on-ones, and I liked how you said when you first started giving them, what's for you and for people that in your organization, you kind of are around, what's some of the most challenging things about a one-on-one because it's still something you have to be intentional about.
2: Yeah. So for me personally, making sure you do them, mm-hmm. it, that sounds really weird. Mm-hmm. We talked about all the great things that come from them be like, oh, we should be willing to do these every day. We would be, but you know, you can get busy and you can set that to the side mm-hmm. because you get busy on the work. Okay. So we have to value those and make sure we do them. So like my a thing that I struggle with is making sure like, Hey, like at the turn of the year, boom that was my my commitment for 2023 mm. let's make sure these folks get these things monthly just for the person getting them it, the, the most important thing we can talk about and the commitment which i would say though that, that be prepared in it that more times than not i've had this happen several times what do you think i could work on
0: oh wow I, uh, that's an invitation yeah
2: so you, you want to have something for them yeah. at that point <laughs> and that's where you got to be careful on the judgmental side or you yeah. don't want to beat anybody down but so I've noticed that though you got to be ready for what? Do, what do you think I could improve on?
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that's, I think that's true, and I do think that the commitment piece is difficult for people. and And I think that we've we actually did a training video, and it's in the app that just talks about all these different example commitments that team members and coaches can look at because sometimes it's hard if you, especially if you don't have a very clear goal. We have a place in the app where you can put those goals, but and actually we're looking at even revamping that and making it more robust to where we could partner with coaches to help help them walk through the goal-setting process and break it down a little bit so that they actually can have more of that inside the app. And so we've got some things coming on that we'll talk about now. All right, so I'm going to break some – I'm going to drop some more information here. Uh Uh-oh. All right, so this is really good. Inside Fastball? Yeah, this is Inside Fastball. Here we go. So we've been talking about this book that's, that's coming out since like i don't know forever and we're excited about it and we're getting close but we had we were we thought we were going to launch right after the first year we were really excited about launching we actually we actually said the name it's called lift we actually said the name in december like because it's coming and then we got after the first year almost we were almost that and we were like nope it's gotta we gotta be better we gotta be better and so we're working with the publisher. Went back to the drawing board and we're redoing it to make it even better, and we're getting really close, and I love it. I think it's gonna be great. Awesome, it's really gonna be good, and it has a lot to do with the levers that you pull to change the culture. But what I would say is also, as it relates to this conversation, see, you're in the genesis of so many things. I'll tell you what, are we gonna do next? Totally, you're totally at the genesis. <laughs> So not only were you at the genesis of the one-on-ones, but like our times together on those Monday mornings mm. spawned some of the concepts that are in this book. Oh boy. And and a lot of what we did in your organization is laid the foundation of a lot of what's in this book. And this book's all about culture and how you intentionally cultivate and strengthen cultures of a team and cultures of an organization. And it's written as a business fable, so it's easy to read. But we've just dropped some just great tools in there that are really good. So you actually have seen some iterations of it and, mm-hmm. and and know some of the lingo. Yeah, so we're excited to have that come out. So now we're hoping to have an end of the summer launch. We're hoping. And we're feeling really good about it. In fact, we had this special, I was speaking at an event. I was speaking at an event two weeks ago, and actually opened up a little pre-sale opportunity. So they got a little right. We're not advertising. Hey, so that.
2: since this is the one year anniversary and the present they can offer up is a review, Ooh. maybe they can actually bring presents for the book launch.
0: Oh, <laughs> 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 oh that's funny. Okay, this was unplanned. This okay. was unrehearsed. Yep. I made, which is we do our best work in that environment. That is totally true. We're totally yeah yeah, just. Spontaneous. So today, spontaneously, we're going to we're going to put in. I will put in. I'll put in the note. Show notes. So if you're listening to this and you've made it to this into this episode, I'll put in the show notes link to Amazon for the pre-sale of the book. And right now, just while you're listening to this episode, right now, the price is as low as we can make it on Amazon. We literally put it down as low as possible on Amazon. So. If you go on Amazon and buy the pre sale, the book will be out. I'm not even sure. The cover is already gonna has already changed since the cover that we loaded on the pre sale. So it's gonna be kind of close, but it's not even the same cover. But if you go on Amazon, look at the pre show, if you go on the notes and you look at the pre-sale of the book, you can buy it. It's at the lowest price you'll ever be able to get it for as an ebook. And then when the hard copy comes out, we'll make that available as well. But all this will be out towards the end of the summer and we're really pumped about it. So is there anything else you want to talk about on one-on-ones, man? Thank you for being
2: here today. Hey, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah. I feel like we've really went through it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I would say one thing. Mm. I find it much easier. I like using it to get to know someone. Mm. I find that much easier to do that.
0: Really? So you like, you feel like it's almost harder to do it with somebody that you really feel like you already know because you've worked with them a long time. Right.
2: Whereas if you don't know somebody, it's just like, oh,
0: this is great because yeah. this is what we use to get to know. That's good. Yeah. That's good.
2: Then another thing I would say is <clears throat> after you've done it for some time, you you use it, right, to get those questions out there. But it really turns into a conversation at that point. It's not structured and rigid. Yes. It's just like, hey, we we know this is coming up and we know we got to do it. I'm going to plan some time for this. And then we're just going to go into it. It becomes way more natural. It's going to feel awkward at first if, if you've never done it. Yes. you got to get through that. But then it becomes so, it, it becomes of just, hey, this is who you are. and This is what we do.
0: I love that. I love that. You have to get over the hump. And it's like, you have to get past the first three. And I tell this to everybody that starts, look, just assume that you're just going to feel weird. The first three times you do it one-on-one, it is what it is. And you're building a new habit and it's really important habit, but it's worth it. And after you get past the first three, it's like, Oh yeah. And you know, what's funny. And this is what, this is what I've seen. And you may have seen the same thing after you do about three. That's when I, after the third, I don't know why three is the one, but like after the third one, you start getting people, I'll start getting people, coming. they'll be like, I knew you was going to ask me, you know, this question. Of course you did. We ask it every month. But after the third time, for some reason, it's like that kicks in their brain and they're like, and so I've been thinking since last week about my commitment. And I'm like, oh, really? Let's hear it. And I'm like, let's go. This is going to be good. Or I've been thinking since last week, what's the most important thing we talk? And I'm just sitting there amazed because... That small habit and intentionality of us getting together once a month and just sitting down and having that conversation breeds amazing thought for like over a week on how to get better. Like what company owner, what leader in a company or manager and co- what, what person doesn't want their team members thinking every week about how they're going to get better and grow to be better for the team. Who doesn't want that? I mean, that's, That's incredible. I would love that. And that's when you start seeing high performing teams and teams that, that take it to the next level that want that growth. And yet, like, we just don't, we, it's simple habits and routines that we just don't do that, that, that keep us from it. So I think that's right. You just got to sit through those first three. You got to get it done Get through it, you got to get through it. And then, and you get over the hump and you're good to go. So that's really good. That's really good. All right. All right. We ask every guest the end of the last 10%. If there's anybody that they would
2: like to hear on the show. Much what's the most important thing we can talk about today and what do you want to commit to? I know this is coming because I'm a regular listener to the show.
0: <laughs> oh. Hey, I put a little thought to it. Oh, I'm excited. And
2: so, you and I are very aligned. We're nearly the same age. You have three kids, I have three kids. The only difference we have is like you're a big time Clemson and tiger fan. I am. And I'm I'm a game car. <laughs> So <laughs> the greatest coach that I'm aware of in Gamecock football that I've been watching it is Steve Spurrier. So, man, hey, we need to get you wow. Steve Spurrier up in here. You get Steve Spurrier. <laughs> All right. So I need to get some Steve Spurrier. Well, I'm going to call Steve or his A. Do you have a beat button or a mute button? Like, I mean, <laughs> 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 hey, do Dabo and Steve Spurrier together. Oh,
0: wow. That would be an interesting conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sky's the limit. I'm going to reach out to Steve Spray. I'm going to say, look. Yep. Kyle Bradley says you got to be on the last 10%. Let's go, Steve. I don't see any reason why he would turn us down. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. Come on. <laughs> you got extra free time, man. Come I know. On, be on the show. Come on. All right. All right. That's good. Hey, thanks again for being on the last 10%. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you do. Appreciate your wealth of knowledge that you just dropped on everybody about the one-on-one coaching system and... you've been doing it and it's
2: been great i just appreciate looking at this beautiful 100 year old chair
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right we'll see you thanks for joining us today on the last 10 Percent. we hope you found today's content engaging and encouraging remember to subscribe to the podcast to hear the latest episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing us so others will join our community we release new episodes every other tuesday This podcast can be found globally in any podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Subscribe today. Plus, visit our website, join our email list, and discover resources and info for your business and team at thinkmovethrive.com. Thanks again for listening to The Last 10%.